Uh, good morning. Welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Jonathan. Um, now is the time where we get to worship God, continue to worship God in the forms of tithes and offerings. So if the ushers could please stand there patiently for the next three minutes until I finish talking. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, the name of the Lord, one of the names of the Lord is Jehovah Jireh. And in the Hebrew, it's translated as the Lord my provider. God can provide any way or any, in any means he, he wants to because he's God. One of my first earliest memories was when I was about four years old. This is in, back in 19 blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> anyway, we were, um, we were, my parents just moved from Honolulu. Our family just moved from Honolulu. They never have jobs yet, so money was tight. And for some reason, back then, uh, there was like a rice shortage, so... The, the cost of rice was really expensive, so it was kind of out of our budget range. So, and we didn't even know Jesus back then. We had no idea who Jesus was. We weren't Christians, but we were in need. So, we were, my parents were driving, we were, my family was driving on Komohana Street, and right in front of the Hilo Missionary Church on Komohana Street, uh, we, were, we were passing uh, a Hilo rice meal truck, I think. Uh, I don't know, it was a big flatbed truck. And right there, a hundred pound sackcloth of rice fell right down there on the ground. So my dad stopped and he tried to flag the guy down, but he was already gone. But our God can provide even a hundred pound sack of rice, man, from a truck. And that was, I was four years old. So fast forward, blah, blah, blah years to last month. Okay, so last month, um, I'm part of uh, the, the Plus One ministry where we collect uh, canned goods, non-perishable food, and we distribute to families in this fellowship who are in need. So, you know, we're kind of running short on certain items, and especially rice, especially rice. So, you know, I gave away the last bag of rice about a month ago, and I remember praying this prayer. I said, Lord, you know the needs of your children, so you are going to provide. Okay? And that's it. That was the only prayer I prayed. Forgot about it. One week later, Pastor Tom calls me on the phone. He says, oh, Jonathan, some donation of rice came in. Can you please move it from the storeroom into the pantry? I said, sure. So I came up. You know, I had no idea how much rice God would provide for us in this fellowship. And, but God, but God... He went ahead and he did this. He did this. And just when I opened the door and I saw that, I could not speak for like 30 seconds. I just was I was just in awe of God's providential nature and his character for his people. He knows our needs. God can rain manna down from heaven. He can drop a hundred-pound sack of rice right in front of you on Kowana Street. Or he can whisper to us, you know, I want you to give this. I'm going to use it to feed people. I'm going to use it to bring people into the kingdom of God. So right now, let's, let's bow our heads and, and thank Jesus. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for... Oh, you're just your providential nature and your character. You always provide. Your name is Jehovah Jireh, and you will always provide for your beloved children. 
Lord God, take this offering, Lord God, use it, multiply it, feed people's bodies, people's souls, and draw people into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Lord God, as we prepare our hearts for this message, Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in us, that we'd be receptive, that your spirit would interface with our spirit this morning so we can receive, learn, hear, and apply today's word on Psalms 139. You know our every thought and every single moment of our lives every hair on our head you know we thank you we praise you in the matchless mighty and majestic name of jesus amen out of the billions of people that god has has created he created us uniquely he planned us out and he designed us and fashioned us in a specific way just think about it there is no one on this planet who is just like you some people would say thank you jesus that we are all individually made. We're in this series that we're talking about our lives being in the hands of God. And we're going to learn that God planned our lives. Whether we believe it or not, God planned our lives. I also wanted to give you a couple of housekeeping things that we're doing. And one of them is uh, our, uh, with our congregation. And I'll, I'll start it off in this way. I have two dogs. Their names are Bo and Danny Girl. Bo is a boy. He is Pitbull Mastiff. So he is a kind of big dog. He's about maybe 85 to 90 pounds. And he's like all muscle. You know, he's just thick. And he's energetic. So when I take him running, he runs me. And I have to like try to keep up with him. But the other dog, whose name is Danny Girl, and they're both around three or four years old, Danny Girl is a Pitbull Labrador. So she's very mellow. She's very friendly. Uh, but they both have different types of personalities. Like, if you have a dog, you know that they have this, I don't know what it is about dogs. They just, like, they know things. If I, if, I, if I wake up in the morning and I don't say good morning to my dogs, they give me a look and they're both different in how they treat me. Bo will sit by our back uh, uh, sliding glass door uh, and through the window and he'll just stare at me for a long time until I acknowledge him. And he'll just wait. And then he'll watch me. And I, if I'm walking around, he'll just watch until I say, good morning, Bo, and then his tail will start wagging. Danny girl, on the other hand, does not even look at me. She turns her shoulder away. And then I have to say, good morning, Danny girl, a couple of times. First time, no response. Second time, I can, I can sense, like, okay, she hears me. I'm saying, good morning, Danny girl. Then I have to lower my voice with a little more alpha authority. And then I say, Danny girl, good morning. And she still won't look, but her tail will wag. And she's looking at her tail like, stop doing that. I'm mad at him. And so they have those different personalities. So all our dogs have different personalities, our animals. We understand that. Uh, last year, we were trying to figure out how do we as a church welcome people who... Uh, need their uh, service dogs and how do we address the things that we need to address when it comes to having a trained service dog and by law we are required to allow people to be in here for those who have a trained service dog because there are uh, people with disabilities and they need a, a trained service dog so that's that's where we as a congregation we want to absolutely welcome those who have a trained service dog and then you have those on the other side where we want to be a church that is caring about people and making sure that we are mindful 
of those who may have a dog with them, but is not a trained service dog. So what we're, what we're doing is allowing those who have a trained service dog to, of course, be in our uh, services and in the various buildings. And then for those who do not have a trained service dog, uh, we're not going to have any dogs or animals in any buildings. Someone asked me the other week, they said, hey, can I bring, can I bring my birds to church? I'm like, like, like in a cage? And he said, no, 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 like on my shoulder because, you know, it's like a family member. And I said, and I know, I know some of us are laughing, and, 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 uh, but for them, it's, it's for real. When you have a, an animal, you, it almost become, it becomes like a family member. And I understand that because I have dogs. But they said they wanted to bring birds and, and other people wanted to bring other animals. And I'm thinking, you know, we, we do want to be a church that welcomes all people. And at the same time, we want to abide by the laws that make sure that we're taking care of everyone. And we wouldn't want to have uh, animals in our services or in any buildings that are not trained service dogs. So if you need more information, we have a, a website that you can go to to see how all of that works. And if you, if you are in need of a service dog, then it... it links it to where you can get help and all the other information, okay? That's the first thing. Second thing is we're going more paperless, and someone asked me, they said, what does that mean going paperless? Well, with our bulletins, because we have our church app, we have the option of using our church app or a paper bulletin. So we're not printing as many bulletins. We'll still have the prayer requests and all of that, all of what uh, is in the bulletins because people put prayer requests, or if you have one, then you can write a prayer request. And on our church app, we have where you can connect with us. And in there is a prayer request form that you can connect to. And you can write down a prayer request. So if the offering bucket goes by and you didn't put in your prayer request, you can still do that through the church app. And we still want to have paper because many of you love writing notes. That's just, you, you, you need to have a pen and paper and that's fine. We're just printing less uh, because we don't use as many bulletins as before. And, and the information that's in there is also on our church app. So you can make that decision. And if you do miss the offering bucket, we have in our fellowship hall next to the mirror a black box, and that's for tithes and offerings. So for those of you who are in our fellowship hall, and that's where you sit for service, when the offering bucket goes by, some of you are asking, like, what do I do? And you try to find an usher, but you can put it in that uh, black box next to the mirrors and then we will check it after every service or at the end of the day so just to let you know that and if you miss the entire offering time and you're saying but i still want to give then if you cannot find an usher or someone then you can drop it off in that bucket all good okay let's take out our notes or church app whichever one you're going to use and we're going to talk about that god planned us you know when we think about our lives being in god's hands our lives are going to be in someone's care Either it's going to be in our care or God's care or someone else's care, our parents' care. But ultimately, in the end, if we understand that our lives are in the hands of God, we're going to live differently. We're going to live with more uh, passion. We're going to live with more confidence, more energy, and with a greater purpose than just existing in our world because God carries us through life. God planned our life. Did you know that from the very beginning of time, God knew that you and I would, would exist in this time god planned our life and because god plans we plan too and the very fact that god plans means that he has a purpose for planning he doesn't do anything at random some time ago heidi and i were with our boys and heidi is my wife and our, our two boys were getting ready we we're going to go to the beach 
And I get into the car, and I'm waiting, and waiting, and waiting. So you know how when you're in the car waiting for someone, you get to that, that threshold that says it's time to beep the horn. This is, this is, this is, this is I'm drawing the line. It's time to beep the horn. I've been breathing and huffing and puffing too much times already. I'm going to hyperventilate with the, <sighs> hurry up, hurry up. So at that point, I was ready to beep the horn. Then I was thinking, no. I remember the last time I beeped the horn. <laughs> it, it didn't go so well. So I'm thinking, but how do I tell her to hurry up without beeping the horn? Do I get up and go back inside and say, hurry up? No, because I don't want to go outside. Why? Because I'm lazy. I'm just being honest. So I just waited, and then finally she came into the car. The first words out of my mouth was, why did you take so long? Like, we're going to the beach. Hurry up. The sun is going down. It's nighttime already. Let's go. And this is what, and Heidi, being so gracious, she said, I, because I needed to plan everything. In other words, she packed the clothes, towels, food, cooler, all the drinks that we needed, and she packed all of that. And in my head, I thought, I can say this because this is true, and so this is what I said. Next time, pack earlier. <laughs> Only the guys laughing right now. Only the men are laughing. The women are like, and you're still alive. You're still living. And that was the words that came out of my mouth. And, 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 and Heidi was fine. She didn't, you know, she didn't get mad at me or karate chop me in the neck like a couple other times. This time, she was very calm. And so what I thought was, if I wanted her to be in the car quicker, then I needed to help her. Amen, women? Yes. That one was kind of loud. Was <laughs> this is the word we want to use, gentlemen. It's the word help. It's H-E-L-P. We're going to say it together. Help. Ready? Go. Help. Yeah, that's what I needed to do. It wasn't her get in the car, hurry up. It was, I needed to help her. We had two children. Mine, they're, they're only boys, so they go swim in bibberies, but it was, this was the time that we needed to plan together and get into the car together. But because I wasn't thinking about planning and just me, I didn't consider the time it took to plan. You see, we all plan. We all plan even our day. Even though you may be a spontaneous person, you still plan. You plan what you're going to wear and at least what time you're going to leave or if you're going to drive, how you're going to travel, whatever it would be, we still plan. And the reason why we plan is because we want something which is up ahead, whatever we're going to do, we want it to be successful. This is the very reason why God planned our lives. He planned our lives because he wanted it to be successful. When we hear the word successful, sometimes we think success in the eyes of the world. We have to have more and gain more, but God's view of success is completely different. God created us with a purpose, with a plan in mind that my life, your life, was specifically planned by God. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. God fashioned our life. He designed it in a specific way, created by himself. And even though there are some parents who do not plan or did not plan the birth of their child, it, it, didn't, it didn't mean that God didn't plan. God thought everything through. He took into account every single thing you and I would ever go through, even sin, that God knew we would sin. 
And even though he knew we would sin, he still created us. Why? Because he knew that we were created for eternity. And every single person has a plan for their life. I have two boys, Justin and Jordan. Justin is older than Jordan. They're six years apart. Justin is 30. Jordan is 24. We did not plan Justin. We call him Jay for short. We did not plan Jay. I was 15 and Heidi was 16. We definitely did not plan on having a child as teenage parents. But when he was born, he was like the, the mellowest baby. Very easy to, to take care of. And he wasn't like one of those, uh, one of those. He wasn't always crying. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a, like a, a crying baby. He would cry, but, and it was mostly because of food. But he was very easy to raise. He picked up things quickly. He wasn't a moody child. It was very easy. So for Heidi and I, we thought, if this is how babies are, well, we can have another one. So Heidi and I were married at 19, and then at around age 22, we had Jordan. So we planned Jordan. Now, if we had Jordan first, we might have rethought of having another baby because Jordan was very picky, very picky, so picky that even at an early age when they would go through McDonald's, like him and his friends and aunties would take him or we would take him, everybody would order Happy Meals. He would order a salad. I'm like, you know a salad doesn't come with a toy, yeah? Yeah, but I want a salad. Okay, totally different personality. His demeanor was different than Jay. His demeanor was mad. He was mad, like, like he didn't like people. He didn't even like me, and I, I'm his dad. And as a kid, you would want your kid to like you. No, he didn't like me. So at an early age, he already had this personality, and he was mad, like always mad at people. He didn't want to be around people, and he didn't say hi to people. He'd just be mad. And so you have these two different personalities, two different children with different personalities. I mean, now they're both great. Take it. And they both think they're the favorite, <laughs> which is funny. They can fight over that. Whoever gives me the best Christmas gift might win. So <laughs> you, guys can, you guys can duke it out. But their personalities are different. They have, they have some similarities, but their personalities different. The way they're made up and how God created them, totally different. And out of all the billions of people that have ever been created, God gave you a unique personality and he gave you a, a unique set of gifts, like natural abilities. And he did that for a reason. God created us for a specific reason. Here's the good news. God planned your life. And because God planned your life and my life, he will always work out his plans. And he'll give us the strength in order to partner him with that. Look at Psalm 138 verse 8. It says that the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. In other words, the psalmist is saying, wait a minute, God. Because you made me, you can't leave me, which is God's promise to us. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Why? Because he made us. And the fact that God made us, to understand that, gives us the security that he doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us. So we're going to learn three things that will encourage us and propel us and catapult us into this year to give us greater vision for our life. And here's the first thing, that our existence was God's idea. He thought us up. We're not an accident. God didn't just randomly create us. The idea that our parents may have not planned to have us is not why we exist. 
many parents plan to have children and they don't have children. Many parents don't plan to have children and they have children. We exist because God planned us to be created. He thought us up. Psalm 139 verses 14 and 15 tells us, I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Yeah, God skillfully made us. He handcrafted us. Like God took his time on us. And I know some of us might think, yeah, but this one broken, so you should have taken a little bit longer. God specifically created us in a specific way with a personality that he loved. That's why he created us. Now, we can always work on, you know, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 where it says, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, self-control, you know, all of that. We can work on those things. But that has nothing to do with our DNA and how we're made up. We can always improve. We can always get better. But really, at the core of our being, God made us in a specific way. He chose every detail of us, what color eyes we were going to have what color our hair would be. And then we choose later to change it, but that's fine. But he chose how he was going to create us and what we would look like, how tall we would be, how short we would be, our nationality, every, every curl on our hair. Or even if you have just like a, like a creative side of you, God gave that to you. Or natural abilities, he gave that to you. When my son Jordan was doing a, I think it was a, a like a, either family tree or, or nationality chart for school. He was with his grandpa, uh, Heidi's dad, and he was saying, okay, Papa, you know, tell me my nationality so that I can put this pie chart together. So he's telling him you know, all of his nationalities, and then he came to Filipino, which is my side. And then my son said, no, I'm not Filipino. And Heidi's dad said, no, no, you, you are Filipino because your dad has Filipino. He goes, no, I'm not Filipino. And he got mad. And he told me, he said, Dad, how come I'm Filipino? I said, what do you mean, how come you're Filipino? It's because I'm Filipino. Yeah, but why? I'm like, what do you mean, why? That's just how you are. You're Filipino. And he was so upset because he had this idea that Filipinos were weird. <laughs> I don't know where he gets that from. And then one day he came home. He said, Dad, we were racing, and I won. I beat all my friends in running. I said, see, that's Filipino right there. What? Now, now, now you're like me Filipino, huh? Now, huh? You see the legs. But it, he couldn't choose to not be Filipino. He couldn't, he can't choose his nationality. You and I can't choose our nationality. We can't choose and, and handpick our parents. We can't handpick our, 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 the core of our being, our DNA. God created us in a specific way. We exist because it was his idea. So we, when we embrace that, now we're able to be free to be the person that he purposed us to be. In Psalm 139, verse 16, he continues, that you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. In other words, God keeps like a journal of our life. He records it in his book. That's how intimate God is with us. That's how much God loves us, that he sees our life from beginning to end, and he, he records every waking hour with us. He designed us for him, and he loves being with us. 
and he records it in his book. Some of us journal, we'll do like a daily journal or something like that, or we, we will record things. And you might think, no, I don't record things. Yes, you do. You have Instagram or Facebook or something. Our life is being recorded. We do that, but God does it specifically, individually for you and for him. He just writes it, and that's your personal book with him. He records it. It's his own personal diary of your life with him and your life here on this earth. That's how, that's how much God thinks of you and I, that he writes it down and he records it in his book. God has a reason for creating every single one of us. He knows our birth time and our death time. Everything about our physical makeup, he detailed out for his purpose. There's a, a pregnancy center that opened up called Ohana Pregnancy Center of East Hawaii, and it serves and educates men and women who go through pregnancy and beyond. They give free pregnancy tests and uh, ultrasounds, and they just help with, because some people have fears of, okay, how are we going to do this? What is life going to be like? So if you need any type of advice and, or consultation, you can visit them on their website. Uh, just type in Ohana a pregnancy center of East Hawaii, and they'll be able to help you and guide you. And they're just wonderful people there. Dr. Shallon, she does a remarkable job and the rest of the team. But they're there because they understand that God planned our life, that we exist because it's, it's just God's brilliant idea. And he didn't create us just for this life on earth. He created us for all of eternity. There's a second thing we can write in, that everything about us God destined for his purpose. Like we all have a destiny we have a reason for existing, and it's not just for here on this earth. It is for eternity. There's an eternal spirit that God gave to us. That's why we long to stay as young-looking as possible. That's why Jonathan Miyasato said, I am blah, blah, blah years old. We just want to stay as young as possible, even though he looks like he's 30. We all, we, we, it's just in us to last as long as possible in our younger years. And the reason why we have that is because God put eternity in every single human heart. But he put that there so that we would long to be with him. And that connection with God is an eternal one. That's why he created heaven. It's so that we could spend eternity with him. We have a destiny. You're not an accident. God makes no mistakes. The Bible tells us in Acts 17, 26, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. See, where you live and where I live, God knew. He specifically places us, places us in specific areas. And whenever we move from place to place, he already knew that. He marks out our boundaries. And he does that because he knows that whatever appointed time we're in, it's going to work out for his purpose for our good. That even though we're here on this temporary world, in the end, no matter how difficult life is, in the end, we win. He specifically places us in specific areas, knowing that in the end, we win. Because I'm sure we have questions of, but, but I'm living in this kind of condition. I'm living in, in, in this time and in this year at this specific moment. I wish I was born in the 50s. I wish I was born in the 30s. I wish I was born in the 1800s. Some of you were born, you know, in 50s or, or whatever else. And you may love that. 70s, 80s, whatever it is. But some people would say, I wish I grew up in this time period. And maybe that's for fun, you know, nostalgic reasons. 
that you were, would be born in another time. But God says, no, 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 I specifically placed you at this specific moment in time for a reason. And as difficult as life is, you may feel defeated. You may feel like, why live? Why exist? Well, God has a better plan than the plan that you have for yourself. We have a destiny. It's for the purpose of God. And he strategically places us in areas because this is not the final destination. In the end, we win. And we have to live like we win. You read the book of Revelation. We, I read it already. In the end, we win. We go home to be with the Father. We have a place in heaven, a perfect place, where there is no more pain, no more suffering. We win in the end. My grandson, Oakley, he's five years old, and we play army men. Army men do not, it doesn't come with rules. So when you play army men, you kind of make up your own. But basically, we face each other. He sets up his army men. I set up my army men. And then you, you shoot each other. That's what happens. You fake, right? It's like, pew, 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 and you throw an army man. That's kind of the made-up rule. So I'm playing with him, and I'll do like, pew, pew, and I'll take a man, and I'll throw it out. He goes, pew, <laughs> like wipes out like five of my guys. I'm like, Oakley, how, how can this guy take out five of those guys? He's like, because he can. Okay, if that's your reason, here's my turn. Bazooka, ba-boom. I wipe out 20 of his guys because my arm is bigger. Just wipe them out, boom. So we're going back and forth, back and forth. And I wipe out all of his guys, and I have like three guys still going. And then finally, you know, he's like, yeah, knocks my guys down. And normally he gets upset. Normally he gets mad when I win because I ain't giving him chance. You got to take it like a man, buddy, at five years old. So we're done with it. We clean it up, and he goes home. Like three days later, I'm cleaning up, putting some things away. If I don't see a sniper on the shelf, he put a sniper on the shelf, and I found it, and I could, I could see his face, his little smirk, like, <laughs> who wins now? And so when I see him today, I'm going to let him know that I found the sniper. In other words, he knew leaving there that he would win he knew it that's why he wasn't mad that's why he could leave the house all happy knowing that papa's gonna find this or Gigi, who is heidi and normally if she finds one of those toys she lets me know hey you know there's an army man up here i lose i'm like that's his way isn't that genius though that is just brilliant god strategically plans us out places us in so many areas, in whatever way. But in the end, we ultimately win. In the end, we win. So whenever you sense the enemy coming against you, the devil, Satan himself, come against you, and you feel like you're defeated, you know you can give a little smirk and just let the enemy know, like, God's got my back. He's going to snipe you. Because in the end, we win. We win. So live that way. Walk out of the house like how Oakley did, confident, knowing that Papa's going to find that, and I lose. Remind the devil that he already lost the battle. God has a destiny for all of us. He has a purpose for us living. He made all the nations, and from one man he made all the nations, that we should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out our times and destined us for his purpose. Isaiah 45 verse 18 tells us, For the Lord is God, and he created the heavens and, and earth, and put everything in its place. 
He made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. There's no other. God is who he is, and he is that powerful that he planned out our life. God, God set us up to win. He doesn't do things at random. He doesn't just throw us out on earth. He doesn't create us in bulk and say, okay, one million of these people one time. I don't have time to handcraft each one. I'm going to just randomly throw people out. No, no, no. He takes his time on us. He fashions us because we have a purpose for living. Although there are illegitimate parents, there are not illegitimate children. Children may be unplanned by their parents, but they are not unplanned by God. God knows every single human being. He planned us. Isaiah 46, verses 3 and 4 tells us that God has cared for you ever since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. So when our hair turns white, it's an indication that God is still with us. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. In other words, God is saying there's a reason why I made you. There's a reason why I'm carrying you. It's because I, I want you to be with me for the rest of eternity. And I want to care for you. God takes very good care of us. That's his promise because he made us. And we can either run from God or we can run to him. It's our choice. But we have to understand he destined us for his purpose. There's a greater reason why we exist. And then the last thing, that God planned us out of perfection. Even though we may not be perfect people, God planned us out of perfection. He's perfect. He perfectly planned us. He perfectly created us. And even though God knew we would sin, even though he knew that we would turn our backs on him, that we would do things that weren't pleasing to him, he still created us. Why? Because he's not looking for our life just for this earth. He's looking at all of eternity. So this life on this earth, he died for us so that we could have eternal life. Not so much he loves us. He loves us for eternity, not just this temporal life. He still created us, made a way for us to be holy before him. He created the universe with earth being the perfect atmosphere for us to survive on. He created this world so that we could survive. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 tells us that he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. What that means is of, of everything that God had created, out of all the magnificent things that God had created, with all, the, all of the priceless sunsets that have ever been displayed, of all the countless stunning panoramic landscapes that we see, and of all the treasured meadows of the earth, out of all of that, God died for you. Nothing else was more important to him than you. You were always on his mind for all of eternity. That's why the Bible tells us in James 1.18, he chose to give birth to us by giving his, us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. His prized possession. That's how valuable you are to God. Our value is not in what other people say, in who we're married to or who we're dating, how much money we have, what we possess. Our value comes from the fact that God created us. We are his most prized possession. It came out of his perfect plan. Maybe, maybe you were conceived 
and the way you're conceived wasn't the best way or under the greatest circumstances to, your, to what you wanted, and, and maybe you wished that it was out of love, or maybe your parents, you feel like your parents failed you. Maybe your anger toward your parents is maybe a little unfair because you never know the entire truth of what took place. Maybe you feel they failed you, but God did, did not fail you. God never fails. And if you ever wondered if you were created out of love, the answer is yes, because God created you and I out of his love for you and I. He made that choice. Romans 12, 3, did I skip one? First uh, John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. God is love. So everything that God does is motivated out of love. That's why we know that we're created out of love. When God thought us up, it was because of love, and he wanted to spend eternity with us. Romans 12, 3 says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. In other words, if you're ever going to compare or measure yourself or, or evaluate yourself or kind of ponder on your life, then the Bible says you got to do that with God, with the faith that God has given to us. Not with other people or what the world says or what I see in social media. No, no, that's not how I compare myself. That's not how I, I evaluate myself. My evaluation is with God himself. That's why I'm doing the 21 days, four gauges. The 21 days is to establish a habit. The four gauges are, is a way for us to assess where we are and how we're doing with our spiritual life, our physical health, our emotional uh, health, and our, our mental health, how we, how we think. And those four areas are critical because those are the four areas that we live by. But something needs to, I need to monitor it somehow. Otherwise, I'm going to throw all of that on the side. Just think about our car. We have a dashboard and we have a speedometer. We have our gas gauge. You know, we have different readings so that we know what's taking place under the hood. And with technology today, they can let you know if your tire is flat. They can let you know if your alignment is off. It gives you, a feed, it gives you feedback on what's taking place of what we cannot see. That's what the four gauges are all about. It gives us an accurate reading of how we're doing. So spiritually, if you're not doing spiritually well, you just put it and you can write four gauges or I think we have some papers at our research center just to give you an idea to assess every day. Otherwise, we're gonna suppress it and it's gonna, something's gonna happen. If our gas gauge is going low, we are gonna run out of gas eventually. But it tells us you need to go to the gas station. If I just look at it and say, I'm on empty, then when my car breaks down, I'm in worse shape than if I just went to the gas station. That's what the gauges do. It helps us. That's why the Bible tells us, if you're going to assess anything, do it according to your faith in God. Don't measure by what others say. We can learn from people. We can glean and get advice. But ultimately, you have to go to God. Don't run from God. Run to him. Walk to him. Step closer to him. Jump if you have to. Leap if you have to. But make sure it's in the direction of God. There's a story that I heard some time ago, and I, I said it before, and you may have heard it, that there was a family whose house was on fire, and in the middle of the night, they just hear alarms blaring, and so they got to get out of the house. Well, the mom and dad got out and, and a couple of their children, but there was still one son, a seven-year-old, who was still in the house and they didn't know where he was in the house. They couldn't go back in because it was, the house was already engulfed in flames. It was just a second story that was not on fire yet. 
but they heard their son calling out, Dad, Mom, I'm up here. And they look up, and he's, he's right on the edge of the balcony. And the dad says, Son, jump. And he says, I can't see that there's too much smoke. He says, Son, just jump. You can't stay there. It's too dangerous. Just jump. And the son said, I cannot see you, Dad. There's too much smoke. I don't even know where you are. And the dad said, Son, just jump. Daddy will catch you. Don't worry. Trust me. I'll catch you. He says, but Dad, I can't see you. And the dad said, it's okay, son. Just jump because I can see you. And I'll catch you no matter what. And the son jumped, took a leap of faith through all the smoke, and Daddy caught him. And he was fine. And I wonder if for some of us, that's where we are right now. We're on the second story and we're, we're calling out to God and God is saying, just jump in my arms. Put your life in my hands. I planned your life. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, but I, I can't see God. It's okay because he can see you. And if you just leap to God and land in his care, he'll catch you and he'll carry you through life no matter where we go in life. Because he plans it all. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we're so grateful that you are a God who not only planned our lives, but you walk us through life. You carry us through. And even though life may be difficult at times, this is not the end. We exist with a purpose. And you gave us meaning. You may be here today and you're saying, you know, I've, I, I don't have this relationship with God, but I, I sure do want to jump. I want to leap. I want to jump into his care, but I don't know how. Well, I'm going to say a prayer, and this prayer is a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer that, as the Bible says, God will save you. What will he save me from? The main thing is he'll save you from eternal separation from him. And he wants, he wants to be with you for eternity. And if that's you and you're saying, I, I want God in my life, then I'm going to say a prayer. And you can repeat after me, just meaning with all your heart. And we can all say this prayer. Because as believers, it's such a good reminder that God saved us. And you can repeat after me. Here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave. To give me eternal life. And so I will follow you. I jump into your arms. And I thank you for planning my life. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the very first time, could you just lift a hand? And in doing so, you're just saying, I, I said yes to Jesus. And I want to pray over you. Okay, God sees your hand. God bless you. Back there, God sees you. Right here, God bless you too. Yeah, God sees you right here, right there, back there. God sees you. God sees you too, right here. God sees you, definitely. Yeah, God planned your life. You have a meaning, you have a purpose. Anybody else, God sees you too. Okay, you can put your hands down. Lord, I pray over these who said yes to you. I pray that you give them vision for their life, clarity, and, and as you shower them and pour out your spirit on them, shower them with your love, your grace, and your forgiveness that they would see how incredibly important they are to you and valuable.
And I pray for all of us, Lord, we're so grateful that we have a God like you who not only planned our life, but you walk with us through it all. We pray this in Jesus' precious name, and we all said together, amen.